0: Hi. welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. I really want you to know, and you know, in this church as well, as I start off this morning, I got to tell you something. Now, I hope, now this, don't let this sound, please don't think I'm being pompous, but you know that I actually don't have anything in me that wants to hurt somebody. I'm not trying to make an excuse or something i know i'm weird with my humor but uh this church we just sang i i built my foundation or I, i put all my trust in the love of god and the love of god is my sure foundation and that's what we've taught at this church from the day one when julie and i were first asked to take this fellowship is about the love of god and as I'll always say, of all the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, there is none as supernatural as the true love of God being manifested in a, people's life, in a person's life. So so this morning, I didn't have a lot to share, but I, I just have this thing. I want you to turn to 1 John. And we're going to look at the first chapter for a moment. I'm just going to share with you from 1 John for a minute, and then I'm going to go to a chapter you've never read before in your life in Corinthians. Verse 1 of 1 John. Now remember John Actually, wait. Father, hallelujah. I give you thanks, Father. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks, Father, for the great joy that's in my spirit, for the great excitement that's in my spirit. I mean, I continue to say this could be the day. This could be the day when you just overwhelm us and explode into our midst just explode all over us and Holy Ghost, I give you permission to do whatsoever you will. I give you permission to explode in the hearts of our people, just to show yourself so alive and so real that they actually might gaze upon your glory, that they might see the God that is love, that they might see what that really means, that the revelation of his hugging and kissing and loving and embracing might actually come into the hearts of this people. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I give you thanks for that, Father. I give you thanks for it. I give you thanks. Now, please help me. Help me to just touch my mouth and my tongue and help me to say what only you want me to say and keep my flesh out of it this morning and allow me to just communicate some of what this is all about. In the name of Jesus, who I serve, I praise you and I give you thanks. Now, this year, this is Christmas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what's Christmas all about? I mean, we know, I'm really praying that you have ears to hear this morning. And that means I have, I'm putting a lot of faith in God that I'll speak from heaven. (laughs) Speak from my heart and not from my head. We're celebrating, really just catch it. We're celebrating God coming to planet earth, aren't we? Is that what it's about? We're celebrating the birthing of all the manifestation of God's goodness because God is good. And he came into this earth. He so loved us. We all quote John 3.16. But see, this is why we have to live it and believe it God so loved us that he sent love. He sent love in a body. He sent love in a person named Jesus Christ. He sent love to this earth to manifest itself through all that earth had. He lived like we lived the Bible says again, again, as you know, he was tempted and always like as we were, he fulfilled the human experience without any sin, so that he could break the power of any demonic hold he could break the so he could break the power of anything that would obstruct or keep us back from living a great life and having an expectant heart and having a fulfilled warm embraced, loved life, God help me, but he, he came for this reason to explode into this earth, to show a brand new way of living, to show a brand new way of living, to show a better way, to show a better way than strife, a better way than murmuring and complaining, to show a better way, to show what it means to believe the best of people, to have a, a woman caught in the act of adultery and him not even being concerned about when you really think about it it's freaky the love of God he wasn't even concerned as it were as it were about now don't misquote me don't gotta or misquote me but he wasn't anywhere as concerned about the woman caught in the act of adultery as he was the judgment that was coming from people who were judging the woman caught in the act of adultery. You know, you that are without sin, cast the first stone. I mean, you've got to catch when you read scripture what he was actually saying. The weight of what he was trying to communicate as opposed to the weight of the world who would try to judge and always murmur and bring something negative, 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 negative. God is positive. I want to be godly. Therefore, I need to be positive. Hallelujah. I'm going to be positive. I've made my choice. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to believe what God has said. I am. I choose life. I don't choose death. I choose life. I choose to watch over my tongue. I choose to believe the best. I really do. I really do. Trust me. I've had a lot of opportunity in my life to believe the worst. I've had a lot of opportunity for my flesh to rise up. And wanted to really get what I call justice. You know what I mean? I wanted to, I mean, really rise up. I wanted to get justice, bless God. And I wanted others to experience justice. So my kind of idea of justice, you know, by, in other words, hoping they would get slapped upside the head. But that's not God's way. And I don't want to live like the world lives. I want to attract God's grace. I want to attract more of God's blessing. I want to attract more of, well, of who God is because I want more of God to come out of my life. I really do. I am here. I hope you really hear me. I'm not preaching this morning. I'm trying to tell you what I really want. I want more God to come out of my life. I've seen people's lives change. I watched God change me. I want to see people changed. I get so thrilled when I see people changed. You know, that's the glory of pastoring is when you actually see people like right now, and I'm knowing some of you 10 years ago, and now being able to look what I see in you today. I mean, some of you, you don't even know how far you've come. But by the grace of God and by your decision just to, quote, unquote, remain as faithful as you've been, you don't even realize it, but God's word has flowed over you and cleansed and healed and blessed and brought life. Now, I just want to read something first. Just the first two verses, I think. And this is the Amplified, of course. I probably should have written King James. But First John, the first chapter, the first verse. Listen to John. Now, remember that the Apostle John was the one who was considered to be the closest to Jesus. He was the one whose head was laying on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper, they say, the historians say. He was the one that was closest. That's why he says so much about love. He says so much about this thing called love. And again, let me make it real clear, real quick again. When we talk about God's love, those four letters, boy, believe me, they are a whole, gigantically, earth-shattering, galaxy-bending, bigger words than what we have as love in the earth. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Just say, yes, Tommy, I need you to yell amen, everyone, so back there. Have Sammy yell amen, unless he's in children's church. We now listen to what so what John says in just the first sentence: We are writing about the word of life. I got stuck there yesterday. Is it up there behind me? We are writing about the word of life that was in him who existed from the beginning whom we've heard, whom we've seen with our own eyes, whom we've gazed upon for ourselves and are touched with their own hands. And the life, see, the understood subject in these first few verses, Paul, John is trying to tell you about the life. They experienced a life that they had no knowledge of before they met Jesus. Do you hear me? No, you've got to really, they experienced a life like they'd never seen what I'm trying to get to you is I want you to understand these scriptures, all of God's word, hear this next sentence. I'm sorry. It's just my spirit is full. God's scriptures are made out of pure life. You know, you need to meditate on that. God's scriptures, these scriptures, particularly the new covenant, the substance the ingredients it's they're made out of pure pure there's no fault in it there's no impurity in it whatsoever the word of god is refined like silver seven times over the word of god is like gold that's been furnished that's been that's been purified in a furnace the word says it's pure I just kept meditating on that yesterday and I want you to hear that this morning. I get, you get to take pure life, not just any life though, the life that heaven has. I I don't know, I don't wanna be, try to be melodramatic or anything up here and stand up here and try to sound dramatic when I speak, but that's blowing my mind. I get to take Words that are full of pure life and put them on me. You've got to be like a little child. I get to put pure life on me. This is what Christmas is all about. Pure life came into corruption. And you know what pure life did? when it came into contact with corruption it destroyed the corruption it destroyed the corruption I get to turn to pure life every day of my life if I want to and let pure life come into my soul come into my thoughts I get to be guided by pure life because that's what was birthed into this earth pure life we write unto you about the life. Verse 2 says, And the life, an aspect of his being was revealed, was manifest, was demonstrated, and we saw as eyewitnesses, and we're testifying to him, we're declaring to you the life. We're trying to teach you or declare to you the life, the eternal life that's in him who already existed with the Father, and who actually was made visible and was revealed to us as followers. Verse three says, what we have seen, what we've actually seen and ourselves heard, we are also telling you so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, this fellowship is no less than with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So we're now writing these things to you so that our joy in seeing you included may be full and your joy may be complete. And you know what? This is the message of promise which we've heard from him and now are reporting to you. Guess what? God is light. And there is no darkness in him. I'm sorry. I keep sniffling. And when I sniffle, Bobby gets nervous. Sniffle, sniffle. Sorry. I don't know why I sniffle when I get up here. But don't miss what I'm saying. And this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from him and now are reporting to you. God is light. And there's no darkness in him, no way at all. Amen. Now turn to the fourth chapter of First John. Like I said, I, just, I, but I, I don't know. I'm hoping by the Spirit of God that you're actually... Catch this! I want I well. Let me just read these familiar verses. See, it's to me, it's all about love. Okay, okay. I'm I'm. Listen, I want we're family. We just talked about being family, so I want you to feel free to say Amen or whatever or who or what you're doing or something. But I I I'm really I got a bit frustrated. Even about, well, see, I've got to watch it this morning because I don't want to, I don't want to. Who's dinging? It's you dinging? Father, forgive her. No, it's not her fault. We're trying to figure out new phones. But listen, I don't want us to miss what I'm trying to say here. I, I hear things, I've heard, you know, stuff, you know, always comes back to you. And as a pastor, and when, when you're pastoring, it's the greatest blessing on the planet Earth, and yet it's the greatest opportunity sometimes to have your heart hurt. And this is why you've got to stay before God all the time. You just have to stay before God because God never hurts. And people don't mean to. But uh, somebody said the other day that well, they, 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 they um, intimated that they felt the church was a bit wobbly. Now, I don't know what they mean, but what I knew that meant was I know that that means there are people in the church that have an opinion, they have a sense of something they think they're feeling, and they're sharing it with one another. I want to tell you something. There ain't nothing wobbly about this church. I said there's nothing wobbly about this church. We are built on the firm foundation of God's word. We're built upon the firm foundation of God's love. And I'm telling you, something is about to happen. We are about to be propelled forward. I've had clear words from God come to me in the last four months. And I've shared a couple of them. I mean, just like one where he simply said to me, he said, I've sent multitudes to you. He said, therefore, fear not, you will see my great and mighty hand upon you. Now, see, I've learned, I've been in this stuff a long time. When the word comes. Satan comes. And you are faced with a choice, every single one of you. Do I stick with the word or do I join in with something that's not as clear as what God is saying? Unintentionally, you're not, doesn't mean somebody's a bad person. We've all slipped and done that. But I'm here to tell you, I'm rebuking any spirit of division that would even dare try to come into this group of people because I'm I'm rebuking it because of the love that God has for you. I know how I've entered into that sometimes, totally unknowingly. But I want you to be very, very careful. The word of God is clear. Your words were stout against me. And when you read that whole passage, he was talking about how you just simply said stuff that I didn't say. Watch Joyce Meyer. Watch Bill Johnson. Watch Chris Ballaston. Watch all these people. Listen, you don't enter into conversation that doesn't align with heaven. If you do, you do to your own will, to your own ill. You begin to create problems for yourself. I guarantee you, because God's will is going to come to pass. I said God's will is going to come to pass. And there's a lot of great stuff that's about to happen here. I mean, great stuff. And But like I said, I'm not a dummy. I know that when God begins to do something, Satan comes harder. So I'm just trying to help you right now. If any of you have had doubts, rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Yes, we have some people that are exiting the church. We have even like Sid and Caroline, we're going to ble- pray for them, I think, next week. You know, Sid's. you know, one of the great joys is that you, you learn in church as a pastor, your father, you love them to bits. But, there comes you know, we said from the beginning, we're trying to build people up because we know at some point we're going to have to release some people to take what they've got and do something with it in other places. But there'll always be that tie. You know, and Sid had emailed me. He said, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. But he said, I found this little place right near our house because they moved. They used to live right near, And they found a place, and they found this little group of people that were meeting near they found out about who absolutely need exactly what Sid carries. And he said, you know, I just so felt in my heart, man, I could really do something here. Blah, 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 and more, more, more. I mean, he can probably share when he comes next time. But you know what? So we're releasing them, and we're blessing them. I hope even... Eric doesn't mind. You know, Eric and Sarah spoke to me yesterday, and they really feel God is calling them to move out of London and calling them to move down to the south. Hallelujah. I want people blessed. If people need to go, I want to release them with the blessing. But immediately what happens is people begin to say, hmm, I wonder if something's wrong. Why are these people going? And, yes, a couple of people have left the church because they were dissatisfied And one thing that really did hurt my spirit is because in the one case, actually, I think it was in two cases, they said, I don't know how true it was, really, but nevertheless, they said, well, we were there for a few months or we were there for several months, and it's like nobody really seemed to connect with us. And so they said, we just feel like, you know, there's nobody really reaching out to us or connecting with us, so... We're going to go someplace else. And so, okay, I prayed with them. I blessed them. I said, I'm really sorry you feel that way. I'm really sorry you feel that happened. And be blessed and go. And so we let them go. Now, I'm not saying this. If they were here, I'd say this because I said it to them. I said, I don't really know how that's perfectly fully true because I said, I actually know our people. And I actually know that the core of this church always encourages other people. And they always try to talk to people. But the scripture says if you would have friends, you must first show yourself friendly. In other words, I don't think if somebody asked Bobby if they could come to this once a month meeting, that she would say no. Stuff like that, you know what I mean? Nobody in here would say no. They'd say, welcome, come. But it's ever so subtle. It's ever so subtle how people begin to get into agreement with the wrong spirit. I'm being your dad this morning. I am being a pastor this morning. I'm saying that's of the devil. I'm just saying it like it is, and I'm rebuking it in the name of Jesus Christ. This church is built on a good foundation. we got a lot of great stuff happening. In January, like we said, we're going to, you know, the second and third week, we're really going to go into prayer and fasting. We want as many people as we can to join us because like the first Sunday, more or less, we're not sure, but probably the first Sunday we're going to share really clearly what the vision of this church is. We're going to hand it out to everybody. We're going to have different people speak to it. And then we're going to ask that class, you know, can you get an agreement with this? Because this is who we are. We are a church about the message. We are a church about the music and the mission that God's given us. And it's like almost there's going to be like a relaunch. And just blessing after, even like Ray Hughes, uh, Les calling an email to Julie yesterday, you know, Ray wants to be with us. And he's just on his way from somewhere, so we're going to get to have Ray on January 14th. And then Steve's on his way back to Israel. And he said, God just really, Steve Dittmar said, God really gave me a message. He said, after Cindy was at our church about glory, he said, but it's so different. And he said, I really feel I need to release this at Commonwealth because of what God's going to do at Chosen in the summer. And I said, well, come on, man, and come on. You know, so Steve's going to be with us February 25th. I'm just saying there's momentum coming. So understandably, hell's job in your life in my life, in any church's life, is to come out and try to undercut. You know what I mean? American football, we call it clipping. A block in the back. Come take your legs out from under you. And it starts so subtle. Well, you know, don't do that. Get in line with God. Hallelujah. We're built upon something called love. I don't, you know, just because you don't understand everything, it's, you don't have to understand everything. And I know you're, you have the right to have opinions, but you don't have a right to speak against what God says. God says, don't open your mouth unless it's gonna be a blessing. Do you hear me? Like I said, don't listen to me, listen to Joyce Meyer, listen to Bill Johnson, listen to any of those other guys, listen to Kenneth Copeland, my God, everything. It's about the words of our mouth. You know, we're called to edify. We're called to bless. Are what you're about to say with your neighbor, share with the neighbor, is that actually edifying? Is it positive? Is it good? Or is it, is it, does it detract? Does it devalue somebody? Well, don't say that stuff. Because when you do, it comes back on you later in your life. And I don't want that to happen to you because I've experienced it. It ain't fun. Hallelujah. Rod Anderson believes in the love of God. Is Rod Anderson perfect? Are you kidding me? Ask Julie. Ask anybody. Ask any of the people I joke with in the church often. Ask Bobby. Ask Don. Ask Lucy. Ask Denise. Ask anybody in these first several rows. (laughs) They can all anybody that's known me over a month or two days or 24 hours or six hours knows I'm not. But see, that's why I love God so flipping much. I say it, but people don't really hear it. He sees all our imperfections. Lucy has imperfections. She has this incredibly beautiful voice that just I think is one of the best things I've heard. I don't know. And what God's gonna do with her and God's gonna take her around the whole world, man, really is. And then but you know what? She's got fractures. She's got funky, she's got funky bits. Sorry, Jason, just be cool. But she does. B, I mean, my God, I love when Bianca sings. You know, we don't get to hear her as often. My God, that voice that B has. But you know what? B's got funky bits. Kenny tells me all the time. No, he does. I got to be careful this morning. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It is not my heart to hurt anybody. I'm going to say it again. I'm really not, I'm really not mean. I really am not mean. I'm really not. I'm, I'm a, such a nice guy. But I'm just saying it so thrills me. I mean, even Jason, his laugh blows our mind. You know, for years, we know when we have a Jason service. Hallelujah. He goes, ha! You know? And that's okay, though, because God loves him desperately. You, you know how far that dude has come since I first met him? You better not judge him. Oh, my God. Jeff in the back there trying to look all holy. Dez back there trying to support Arsenal. God sees that weakness. No, but I'm saying give people a break. You got every single one of you, man. You ain't perfect, dude. If we saw how you acted when you're alone sometimes, if we were actually threw up on the screen what goes through your head sometimes that you let go through your head, I tell you what, I'm going to ask God to bring a Holy Ghost projector. You'd be pretty embarrassed. I want to tell you, this is why I'm... This is why... To focus on God's great love, is that's what changed my life. My life was dirty. I don't mind saying it because it's gone. I have a testimony. I praise God I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and I praise God I have a testimony. I don't think dirty anymore. I actually don't. And you don't know how awesome that feels. I don't think mean anymore. I don't think, well, every once in a while it tries to come, but I don't, I don't pay attention to the thoughts when they come. I used to, but that's just it. I don't pay the attention because it costs too much if I do. You hear me? I've had to learn. I've really had to learn. Let me read, because God knows I didn't want to go. 1 John 4, 7. Nobody's ever heard this verse before. Beloved, Agape, let us agape one another. It doesn't say cuddle like the world says. It doesn't say love. It doesn't mean to be emotive. It doesn't mean the emotional stuff that we think, you know, when boy meets girl, girl meets boy, and they get all giggly. Agape, that means total selflessness where you begin to live for the good of others. And you begin to wear this crown of righteousness that does its utmost to add value to people. To add life to people. Because you've been born again by the life of God that came from planet earth that we celebrate at Christmas. God's life came busting into planet earth. God's life, when you receive him, your head doesn't figure out sometimes for a long time, but that life busts into your heart and into your spirit and it lifts you out of darkness and it puts you into his glorious light and you begin to experience something on the inside. That's what being born again means. If you're begotten of God, you don't think like that. So you need to be careful when those dumb thoughts come to just cast them down and meet No, 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 no. And yes, I know some things need to be talked about, but you better know who are the ones that need to talk about it. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is and springs from God, and he who loves his fellow men is begotten and born of God, is coming progressively to know and understand is becoming progressively to know and to understand God. I want more of God. I want to know and understand God, to perceive and recognize and to get a better and clear knowledge of him. That that all comes because we love. If I would have backed up, well, let me just read verse six. Go up verse six because of having studied this at, at Raymond. and what have you. Verse six says, we are children of God. Amen? You need to notify yourself. We're not children of the devil. We're children of love. Remember, anywhere you see the word God, you can substitute the word love, or you can substitute the word light. We are children of God. Whoever is learning to know God, progressively to perceive, recognize, and understand God by observation and experience, and to get an ever clear knowledge of Him, listens to us. This is the Apostle John saying about what he's been writing, because verse chapter four, verse one says, "Beloved, do not put faith in every spirit, but prove and test the spirits to discover whether or not they proceed from God, for many false prophets have gone forth into the world." Now, I got again. You got to read this by putting the word love in there. Do not, beloved, do not put faith in every spirit, but prove, test the spirits to discover whether they proceed from love. I said whether or not they proceed from love. Does that comment proceed from love? Because there's a lot of false prophets gone on the earth. Then he goes on to talk about the difference. This is how you're going to know the difference between the spirit. Of the, uh, and you're going to recognize the difference between truth and, and error. And you wind up about the spirit of Antichrist. He said that you have to know that the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. But anyhow, so that's what he's speaking of verse 6. But then he goes on to say this in the middle of verse six, it says, and to get an ever clear knowledge of him, listens to us. And he who is not, but he, and he who is not of God, does not listen or pay attention to us. Now, right there is when it says, then it says, by this, we know and recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, right? There is a spirit of truth. And there's a spirit of error. But that last, all the scholars, all the Greek, whatever, linguists and what have you, and we had them come, like I said, to our school over again. That last sentence is supposed to be stapled or nailed to verse seven because he's really saying this. It's the start of a new statement. By this we know and recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. What he's saying is the way you're really going to cultivate your heart and your spirit to know the difference between truth and error is because you're going to begin to discover what love looks like, what love sounds like, what love acts like, how, lo- how love speaks. He says, Beloved, this is how you're going to know the spirit of difference. You're going to train yourself. Beloved, we're called to love one another. For love is of God, and he who loves is born of God. Hallelujah. That's how you know if somebody's actually born of God because of the love, the grace, their words, they always make you feel better. They build you up. There are people that tear you down and tear things down and would tear the kingdom down who don't even mean to. But but again, this is what God spoke all through the old covenant. He said, your words are stout against me. He said, you've been caught in your language. Remember all the Pharisees and Sadducees? It literally says they tried to catch Jesus in his words. That's how the devil works. I'm going to catch you. I'm going to get you into wrong words. I'm going to get you into thinking that's contrary to the Bible. I'm going to get you into thinking that begins to want to. If it ain't building up, it's tearing down. Whosoever loves is born of God begotten by God. And that person is coming progressively to know and understand God, to get a better and a clear knowledge. Verse eight, he who does not agape, he who does not love, has not become acquainted with God, does not, and you know what? Never did know him. (laughs) That's pretty heavy. You think you know God? And you're speaking evil of people? You don't know God. You can't say you know God and tear down. I said you can't say you know God and speak evil and tear down. You're called to build up, to strengthen, to edify. Do you hear me? We're called to do that with our children for sure, aren't we? The whole world may call them dark and call them negative. Our job is to build them up, build our children up. That's why Tommy gets so excited about having a crush where they're actually built up. You're a great kid. You're going to do awesome. You can do anything God tells you to do. You're great. You're a great singer. You know, you're a, you've got a great voice. You look good up there. Hallelujah. And you just bless and you build. And those little spirits just begin to grow because they feel and they catch and they're mating for affirmation. And so are you. You're still God's children. You're little bitty babies. Hallelujah. Now listen, I know I'm I'm a little different this morning and it's Christmas, (laughs) but I'm trying to tell you because it just is. I want us to understand this is what Christmas is about. This brand new spirit, this brand new life, this brand new revelation of love came. Hallelujah. That's why we sing about his goodness. This is why we worship his grace. We, we, get, we sing songs about him because we can't help it because he's so good. And we keep saying, we, we, you know, we find ourselves, God giving us new melodies and new rhythms and new harmonies and just stuff because it's just something on the inside of us just says, this is good. This is different. I'm changed. Yeah. Hallelujah. I am a brand new man. And this is, what, this is why I beat you over the head sometimes because you do have to stay in this every day because you're listening to other stuff every day and that other stuff will color you wrong. And God will always color you bright and beautiful and glorious. He'll always say, you can do it. You're gonna go forward. Like Vivian shared, you know, whatever. God, she knows God. God, just okay, I'm not gonna panic. And God brings promotion. Okay, and blah, blah, blah. And God brings more. He's always there. He's a friend. sticketh closer than her brother. You know, and we get so, to me, the, the joy is getting so locked up in what he's doing that's so beautiful. I just realize, you know, all I know is when I don't, when I spend time on that, stuff comes out good. What a great doctrine. Hallelujah. Huh. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God does not, never did know him. (laughs) Oh, I do love you, Michael Powell, I do. I've joked over him for years, but I'll tell you, I've never heard a bad statement come out of Mike Powell's life about anybody. 25 years or more, I'll get it, you know what I mean? And That's why I admire him, I champion him, I love him. and And I say it unashamedly, because all I've ever heard is good. Bobby's the same way. I've never heard her speak ill of anybody. They run not me, me. Deborah, um, almost, well, the whole Jive Powell family, they're just, God did something to all of them. But really, I look around, Gosha, my God. You dare say anything negative around Gosha, she'll nail you to a post because it better be in line with the Bible or, you know, she'll rip... No, she won't rip anything. She'll just bless you apart. She'll bless you in Polish, bless you in Russian, bless you in English before you even turn around. Hallelujah. Emmanuel's always got a blessing. Always. I haven't talked to Ion in a long time, so I can't verify that. No, but Emmanuel's always... Blessing and sharing good things about people, but guys, just then, just let me hurry up. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God. Does not, and never did know Him, because God's love. Verse nine. In this, in this, the love of God was made manifest and displayed where we are concerned. In that God sent His Son. Christmas. God sent Jesus the only begotten or unique son into the world so that we might live through him. And the funny thing is about that verse is when it says that we might live, it is the word zoe, Z-O-E. And the word in the, in the Greek, like you, you look in Young's literal translation, it says he sent the son into the world so that we might life through him. We're supposed to go around and life people. I dig that. Hallelujah. Don't you want people to life you? It's One thing to want them to like you. But man, we get to wear the life of God. And I get to life you. How do you life somebody? By speaking to the good in them. Remember, you've heard me say many times, what you speak to in a person is what will rise up in a person. You speak life. I, I, I want a life Dom. Dom went through a lot of problems like a lot of people have done. Dom's, though, coming out. Dom is doing great. Dom is blessed. You know, I speak blessing and glory to Dom, and God's going to use him in the West End. Hallelujah. And we get to speak that over him. And it's because, you know, why we really know about is that nobody who really loves God wants any recognition for themselves. This We're in this stuff for the glory of God. We want, what's that mean? We want people to recognize Jesus Christ being at work. We sure don't want, and this is what we do say. We're not saying it to sound clever. This is not about somebody recognizing the pastors of a church. This is not even somebody trying to recognize the worship of our church. We want people to recognize that when you go there, you hear Jesus being lifted high. You hear the works of God being magnified. You hear the love of God, and you sense and feel the love of God. And again, I do say thank you to the 98% of you because like I said, the visitors that do come, that's the testimony that I've heard more than anything in the 10 years. Good, has it been 10 years since we've been here? Eight, whatever. But the testimony I've heard the most, you know, as people have said, they've come to the church, they said, you know, we know that all churches are supposed to be loving and all churches are kind of be a family. But they said, literally, this one guy said, my God, he said, when you come there, he said, I mean, it is a family. He said, there is so much love between the people. And he said, there's so much love between the pulpit and the people and the people in the pulpit. He said, you guys have something incredible. And these are some of the major voices. In some cases, I'm talking about not just the visitors, but also some of the speakers that have come. They all notice this. I'm not just saying that to pat you on the back, I'm saying that's a good sign, <laughs> that's a testimony. In this, the love of God was made manifest and displayed where we are concerned and that God sent his son, the only begotten or unique son into the world so that we might life through him. Isn't that cool? We might life. David Powell goes around playing and he lifes people with his music. Seriously, I love to think on that. I do. I just, whatever, I can't help it, the music spirit in me I just, I, I honestly, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm trying to draw attention to myself or Julie, but we do pray over our musicians something fierce, over being, over Lucy Ayana, my God, the voices that we have and the musicians that we have. We do pray that, you know, I'm telling you, every lyric that God gives Bianca, that it would just be soaked in God's life. Every lyric that God gives Lucy would just have this, this moisture, this dew of heaven upon it. Really, for real, for real. Every note, that you know, when Dave get, David gets into his stuff, and especially when he just begins to let his fingers do the work. Hallelujah. I mean, honestly, I'm sitting there saying, Father, let the healing flow, man. Let, this, let God flow through these notes. Let it just go. It's, to me, I've learned God's told me to use my spiritual imagination. I just see, like, I don't know what to call them orbs, bubbles, or something. I just see this stuff like this holy gel, man, that just starts flowing and just encapsulating people and gathering them into this love thing. I, I'm weird, I guess, but leave me alone in my weirdness because I kind of quite enjoy it. Verse 10, in this is love. Listen. In this is love, not that we love God, dude, but that he loved us, that he, King James says, but that he first loved us. See, he was first. Everybody say God was first. See, he first loved us. And you know what? God's word says I'm supposed to love like he loved, Ephesians 5.1. I'm to copy God. So this is why, again, I'm choosing my, I'm trying to do my best, you know, to be the first to love. In other words, I don't wait till you're friendly. I'm going to love you first. If you're not friendly back to me, that's not my problem. I'm not going to be angry about it. But I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit showing love just because somebody else doesn't show it back. I want to be godly, which means I need to be lovely. I know it sounds goofy, but it's the truth. Because God... I always say, and you know, you heard me teach it for the first five years. How, how many of you think God possibly is powerful? When it's all said and done, do you believe that God might be powerful? Yes. Of course you do. It's a silly question. He's all powerful. He's omnipotent. But God is love. Therefore, the most powerful, God is omnipotent. Love, that kind of love. See, this love, not this love, down here. This love, this love is all powerful. This love when applied to a situation. Listen, the love of God won't change. The stuff will have to. My job is to keep applying love. God, God, God's love. Though. God's love to it. This word, in this word, we're trying to teach you. We're trying, John says, we want to speak to you about the life life came a whole new he's flipping out the whole new kind of stuff man life but life like you've never seen not just breath in somebody's lungs not just somebody's having a heartbeat man something outside of this realm, outside of this dimension you know us guys we love all these action movies i like them all i like the marvel movies i like the justice league stuff i'm like a big kid i love star wars i love it all I can't, I see God in all of it. (laughs) I do, like I said, leave me alone in my fantasy. I love it. I love to see this and something bigger comes. I love reading books about angels. I'm reading so many books about angels lately that I'm becoming angelic. No, Julie will testify that's not happened yet. But I mean, I really, really, and you've heard me mention it so much of late. I'm telling you, I am finally really aware of the angels that are here right now, you know, three three times, I don't remember, Julie, twice, no, three times in my life I've had people, and what blew me out is I remember I was in, where was I? I was in New Bern, North Carolina preaching. And this guy came up to me and said, I saw an angel behind you when you were speaking. He said he was eight, or he said he was nine to ten foot tall. And he described him. He described this, this golden, some kind of I don't remember exactly. This golden cloak that he was wearing. And he described this big brooch and he described the handle of this sword and all this stuff. And I said, well, that's cool. Wow, thank you very much. You know, that's cool. What do you know somebody says that? Eight months later, I was in Phoenix, I was in Phoenix Arizona. Just way back in the day, Ed Delft's church, way back then when Ed still had a church for he was going around the world. And this woman comes up to me and said, I saw, I saw when you were preaching, Brother Rogers, I saw this angel stand behind you he was about 9 to 10 foot tall. He had this golden cloak. And he began, she began to describe exactly what this dude in North Carolina said. And, you know, then you start to go. <laughs> and it was about seven months later um, at Vacaville at David and Debbie Cron's church that a lady walked up to me and said the very same thing and described the very same appearance of an angel. Now, I don't know what to do with that other than say thank you Jesus. But see I believe in them. They are here. I do have an angel. And he is right here right now with me. And I rejoice in that. And that's why knowing that has even caused me to be more careful with the words of my mouth because I know what the Bible says, be careful not to speak in air before your angel. Don't bind his hands. You have an angel. And you have another one, the Bible says, in heaven that is always beholding the face of the Father in your behalf. So there's two angels that are totally assigned to you, two particular ones. And Then it says God's arrayed a host of angels all around about you that fear him, that actually reverence God. Angels are all around us. Boy, are we gonna see them in these last days. We're gonna see their emotion, their action. This is real stuff. This isn't Justice League. <laughs> this isn't Marvel. This is the real deal. Super natural. They're out just outside the natural realm. They're above it. Super means above. They're just above. Right here. They're here. I love it. All the years ago, God had me do this one day when I was praying. Yeah. And he said, "He said, You know what you're doing right now? And I said, No, but I'd like to know. Because he told me, He said, Wave your hands to there. He said, Your hands are passing through my angels right now. He's, and when he was trying to, and he kept saying, They're that close. Uh, he kept saying, They're that close. It was like words that impacted me. He said, They're that close. And not just close, but they're that close. The Bible, that book, remember? It was written, Angels Unawares. Billy Graham's book on angels. You know, just <sighs> because God loves you. Father, I want to thank you right now for all the angelic help that we have. I want to thank you for every one of our people. I want to thank you that your angels surround us lest we, and they keep us, the Bible says, Psalm 91, you keep us lest we even dash our foot against the stone. I release faith I release faith for my angels to do just that. I release faith for these people and our fellowship to experience this angelic help. They're real. God, don't let us play like we're kids and be dumb. This stuff is real. Thank you that their angels are hard at work in their behalf. But again, oh God, please keep them from speaking in error. Before their servants, before these ministering spirits. Don't please help them know. No, no, no. I don't want to, I don't want to hinder the work of my angels. God, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to uh, hinder. And this is love, verse 10. Not that we loved God, but that he first loved us. Good Lord Almighty. I'm done. I just saw the clock. I'm sorry. And this is love, not that, I, don't, I didn't even get to the rest of it. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sons. Verse 11, beloved, if God loved us so very much, and see, that's only something that you can do. You have to determine that. You have to release faith to believe that God loved you so very much. He didn't just, God, you know, it's not like God loves me. He said, Beloved, if God loved us so very much, you know what? We also ought to love one another. Why don't we get that? That's the great commandment. Listen, forgive me. It ain't that. You don't need to have a a degree in astrophysics to figure that verse out. If God loved us that much, we ought to love one another. Hallelujah. Huh? Hallelujah. Many of you, probably at Christmas time, you may not experience some of that. I don't know. Maybe all of your relatives are holy. But, you know, we all know that there's some in the family, sometimes our extended family, that quite, you know, whatever they, they have the gift of irritation. Not yours. But, you know, but we get to life, people. We get to be life bringers. Wouldn't you rather be known as somebody that brings life? I want to bring life in my words. I want you to be very careful to bring life in your words. And I'm being honest. I'm sorry. But I'm, you know, I'm right now God's, I'm God's person in this church. I just, that's who I am. And I'm telling you, don't speak against this church. I'm going to just say it flat. Don't speak in disagreement with what God's doing here. I don't care who's been disappointed. I don't care who thinks what they think. As for me, I'm going to praise the Lord. As for me, I'm going to stay in alignment with what God says. God has blessed us. We have something no other church has. That's the fact. Because we're no, no other churches like us. Like I keep saying, churches are like fingerprints. But we have a uniqueness here. And I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying that because God has spoken that. Over, from too many people we do fight a good warfare over the prophecies if God's word is really true if things that Cindy said if things that Tom Hammond said if things that Jane Hammond said if things that Ray Hughes have said if things that Steve Dittmar have said and others if those things really are of God then boy I sure don't want to speak against this place because I'll find myself in contention with God and I'm going to tell you something God's bigger than you so as for me hallelujah I thank God for this church. I thank God for what he's done. I thank God for what he's going to do. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Beloved, if God so loved us so very much, we ought also to love one another. No man, verse 12, has at any time yet seen God. This is a heavy one, isn't it? But if we love one another, God abides in us. What that means, remember, what that translates into is, listen. I'm done, so you're getting ready to go home and eat your burger. No man hath at any time seen God. But if we love one another, God dwells in us. So what's that mean? It means that the in the natural, people won't see him because he's a spirit. But if God's love dwells in us, God will be seen in us. The way Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now none of us will carry all of it, but you know what? They can sure see some of it. When people love you, when you don't deserve to be loved, but when you get to love them. No man at the time yet, seen God. But if we love one another, God abides, lives, and remains in us, and his love, that love which is essentially his is brought to completion. Man, this is heavy and is brought to full maturity. It runs its full course. It's perfected in us. God. Well, I could go for another four hours. Stand up. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Somebody say, I want to life people. Father, I thank you that that's what Christmas is about. You done brought life to us. <laughs> you brought life, a whole brand new way of life. You birthed, you birthed. We celebrate at this time of year something so phenomenal that we will never fully comprehend it until we stand before you. And then I imagine it'll take eons. But thank you that you birthed love into the earth. A brand new way of living, a brand new way of thinking. And Thank you, Father, that you're disciplining our hearts and our lips to be in agreement with heaven, to speak like heaven speaks, to think like heaven thinks. We can do it because you told us we could. In fact, you said in Romans 5 that The very love of God has been, has been, has been passed in, has already been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So every single person in here that's born again, that's begotten of God, has the love of God in a measure already on the inside of their spirit. May they yield and yield more and yield more and yield more. And yield more because that life carries within it all the success anybody could ever want to achieve. All the blessing anybody could ever hope to hear or see or receive. It's just everything. Oh, Father, I give you thanks. As for me, Father, I choose love. I just do. I choose love. I choose life. And I choose to agree that light dispels darkness. I choose to believe that life, the life that's within me, destroys death. Hallelujah. And I choose to believe that our people are full of the light of heaven, full of the love of heaven, full of the grace of God, full of the love of Jesus Christ. So I give you thanks, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give you thanks. Amen. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.